This is Puck Here, New Zealand's hockey podcast, with your hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Puck Here Podcast, and this week, Joe, we're going international. We are, yeah, and we're, um, we've brought in a special guest, Chris... Chris Awald. Awald from um, St. Catharines? St. Catharines, Ontario, director of the hockey film. How's it going, Chris? Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, nothing better than uh, talking to some people around the world about a great game we love. Talking to some Kiwis about hockey. Oh, it's great. It's it's awesome. It's actually a really exciting part, uh, not only for my film, but me personally, just to share that experience with other people such as yourself. Yeah, I think, I mean, pretty much for us, whenever we get to talk to uh, a Canadian about hockey, it's it's something that can go on for a long time. Like we have this friend, Justin Daigle, uh, captain of the West Auckland Admirals, and I could talk to that guy about hockey all day. Yeah, you just wind him up and let him go. Yeah. And he just... And we've, we figure it'll be the same with you. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of us, uh, you know, Canadians can talk a lot about uh, that game for sure. You know, you got guys like, like you said, Daigsy. And, uh, you know, I know you guys just had Cam Green on. And, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of us uh, Canadians, we, we're passionate about our sport. Um, most countries in the world think that's all we do. So uh, why not talk about it? Yeah, Cam almost broke um, Logan's computer by the deepness of its voice trying to process that <laughs> that episode almost exploded it i have to yeah okay i, I have to bring this up when i first the very first time that cam called me now speakers on an iphone don't cannot handle that level of deep deepness so yeah. when he called me i was really struggling to understand what he was saying but then uh i got used to it after a while but then of course when you meet him in person like i could you know i could talk to him all day i can hear him quite clearly uh, but he's just got that big, booming, sexy, deep voice, and just some speakers just cannot handle it. So yeah, he's definitely a hockey's version of Barry White. So yeah, <laughs> he's gonna love that. Also, I think I think we're starting to come up with a record because uh, of how many times consecutively we can mention Cam in this in this podcast. He's basically the third member of this. Um, I think we're up to about three or four weeks in a row. <laughs> um, but one thing I do want to ask, yeah, because Chris, I, I called Chris the other day, actually, and we, we had a little chat about the podcast and about his film and just sort of like get to know each other first before we got him on. And um, he said that uh, Cam told him about the podcast. That's how he found out about us. But what I want to know, Chris, is what did Cam tell you? Uh, well, you know, to be honest with you, it was a, a really simple thing. Um, Cam just had messaged me um, one morning i guess his time uh so and he just said that you know hey i've got these guys that are are doing this podcast you should listen to it because uh you know they're trying to help spread the word on the game and they're really great guys and i think you'd really enjoy it and it was just as simple as that you know he sent me a link and then i started checking out what you guys are doing checking out your social media uh presence and uh yeah love love what i'm hearing so it was it was nothing nothing too crazy no real scoop involved, uh, just a, a passionate love for the game from uh, an expat who, you know, grew up and lived in the same city, talking to a guy who's making a film from that same city. So uh, he just wanted to share your guy's passion with uh, with me, and I was happy that he did. Yeah, so how did how do you know Cam? Um, 
how did you guys kind of meet or meet across the internet or whatever? Yeah. So really, really weird story. So you would think that, you know, he grew up in the same city as I did. You know, he played hockey here. He knows a lot, a lot of people that I do. And you would think that we just naturally would know each other. And that was not the case, actually. Um, <clears throat> my my film got to a point where I started putting out just free advertising, just looking for people with unique stories to tell. So we have this thing here called Kijiji. So it's kind of like a Craigslist kind of thing. And uh, Kijiji just lets you place free ads. So I placed a free ad, you know, just looking for people to tell me their unique hockey stories because I wanted to see if I could find people that had something unique to tell for my film because my film's on, you know, grassroots game, everyday people and, and all that. So somehow through that, somebody shared it on their Facebook and Cam Green, the guy who, you know, as soon as he goes with an ID, he runs with it, which is great, um, <clears throat> reached out to me via email through that Kijiji ad and just told me, he's like, hey, I'm from St. Catharines as well. Uh, I'm an expat living in New Zealand. I started a hockey league. This is what we're up to. Here's some links. And, uh, you know, if you think that uh, we'd be worthy of your film, I don't know why I said that, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, to, to get in touch with them. And to be honest with you, I, I responded right away because it's such a unique thing. And, you know, let's let's be honest, you know, um, Canada's not known for, you know, things like rugby. You know, you guys are. And you guys are not known for hockey, which we are. So it was such a unique story, let alone the fact that he's from, you know, my my part of the world. It was just awesome to hear that, you know, New Zealanders were, you know, passionately growing and playing the game. And that's kind of how it started. It was just really random. So, yeah, unique for sure. I think the one thing with Cam is probably the reason why he asked uh, whether he'd be worthy or not. It's just obviously a very humble guy. But uh, yeah. I think... With just with what he does and with the backyard hockey league, everything there, um, it is such an interesting topic. Just to, there's so much to delve into there. So obviously, you know, you've been working on this documentary, the hockey film, for quite a while. But what even sparked the idea to begin with? Um, yeah. So basically, the way that I live my life is I believe in just doing things that you love, whether it's it's for work whether it's, you know, hobbies. And, uh, you know, there's two passions that I have in life. Um, one of them being hockey, obviously, I'm Canadian. Um, and the second one is film. So just it was a natural fit. I just, you know, I started off with an original idea a few years ago, well, a number of years ago. It's changed the name. I went to a more simplified name and uh, just started kind of writing the idea down of what what I wanted to see in a film, you know, you, you see all these other great films out there, you know, you've got classic stories like Slapshot or Youngblood or, you know, Mystery Alaska, um, even, you know, Goon, stuff like that. You know, those are all great stories and I love watching them just as much as the next person. But I wanted something more of a grassroots feel. I wanted to be able to shine the light on the rest of us that don't make millions involved in the game. In fact, 99% of us are paying out of pocket a lot of money every year to, to play the game and a lot of people can't afford it. So I wanted to kind of put that spotlight on the rest of us for a change instead of you know, the, the regular production that you get to see from all the big clubs and big leagues. So yeah, it's kind of where it started. It's been going on for a long time and, uh, 
I still got a bit of work to do on it, but it's coming along really well. It's shaping up extremely well, and it's getting a lot more traction all the time. Uh, now we just yeah. So for those that are interested, uh, your your documentary has an awesome website, thehockeyfilm.com. Uh, one thing that is really cool on there is you've got this timeline of events of how it's all gone down. Um, one thing I want to bring up is April twenty, the twenty fifth of April, twenty sixteen. Okay. You had former NHL goaltender Alan Bester agree to be involved with the film. Yes. So, um, really crazy story. Um, Alan Bester, um, for those that don't know, was a um, NHL goaltender who played on the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's where he was drafted from. So he's a, a Hamilton native. So it's about an hour out of where I live, about 40 minutes to an hour. Hamilton, uh, Ontario. Uh, Ontario. Not yes, Hamilton, New Zealand. <laughs> Not Hamilton, New Zealand. Yes. Where we, camps from? We, yeah, it's exactly right. So, um, so yeah, so no. Um, Bester was a fan favorite, played on some, you know, pretty rough um, Leaf teams as far as, you know, uh, how they did in standings and stuff like that. They had some very great players, but just a, a poorly, a poorly executed team, I think. And um, he was the first goaltender that really I watched as a kid growing up, and I became a goaltender myself. And so he's always been my idol. Him and, and Grant Fear were the two goalies that I really idolized growing up because I got to watch one guy get peppered with 70 shots a game and another goalie who was part of a dynasty of, you know, ending a dynasty that the Islanders had. So it was two completely different ways of looking at the game. But Bester was was the one that I I still have a jersey that my mom got me. And, uh, you know, I've ha- wore that thing religiously. So I had been on LinkedIn with him for quite a few years and uh, just decided one day to message him and just say, you know, hey, Alan, I'm, you know, I'm doing a film on hockey. It's a grassroots game. Here's, you know, a few things about it. Uh, here's some links to, to check it out. You know, would you be interested if I, you know, interviewed you for the film? And right away, just he agreed, said it was a great idea. We've talked on the phone numerous times. Uh, he lives down in Orlando, Florida. So I have to get down there to, to do the interview with him. But I'm super excited to go do it. Um, I have some surprises in store for, for him when I go down and visit because, you uh, you know, I'm going to bring that jersey down, going to show him this, you know, this kid's jersey of, you know, his childhood idol growing up and then, you know, interviewing a first film. So even that's kind of a unique story that's going to be part of, you know, the whole process of this film. Uh, but yeah, pretty, pretty exciting when you can actually have your childhood idol interested in something that you're doing in the future. So, yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, how do you think you're going to go when you go down there to interview him? Like, what's the feeling going to be there? Well, actually, he... He's a super relaxed, super easygoing person. So, you know, he invited me to come that down. Doesn't sound gonna, like a, that doesn't sound like a goalie. goalie goalies are normally <laughs> lunatics. There's there's a few of us that are not crazy. Um, and th- thankfully, uh, I would I would say Alan is definitely, you know, one of those guys. No, really uh, a charismatic kind of guy. He told me that uh, he was going to set me up with uh, a hotel because he actually works in the hotel industry now. And so he's going to set me up with a, a good, you know, rate for hotel. Go down there. He's like, we'll come to my place. We'll hang out over the weekend. We'll go to the golf course. We can shoot the interview and just just do what you want to do. We can, we can just spend some time doing it. So he's been really accommodating and I'm really looking forward to going down there and just having a, you know, kind of a odd weekend hanging out with my idol 
And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be kind of surreal, to be honest with you. But uh, that part of the film is actually going to be shot in a way that <clears throat> people will be able to see that story, you know, my story of my own film. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit of a unique angle. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It should be pretty fun. Yeah, that sounds like I honestly, I don't know what I would do. Um, if I, had the, if I had that same opportunity to interview like a childhood hero of mine, like if I got to, you know, interview Gretzky or like Mario Lemieux or, um, you know, like Dominic Hoshik, one of those guys, or even like Martin Brodeur, I definitely would not know. I've been in the same room as Martin Brodeur and I didn't know what to do it for myself. Um, so I, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited for you that you get to do something like that. And also traveling down to Florida. I've done that before while living in Toronto. I we went down there during the winter and it was amazing. So yeah, that's a lot of people say it's pretty pretty awesome. It's a, you know, a quick little flight down, so I'm I'm looking forward to kind of experiencing that. I've never been to Orlando, uh, obviously, so it's going to be a unique thing. I'm going to try to arrange it so that I don't, you know, just have to go down there for a quick shoot and then back up. I'd actually like to go check it out, enjoy it. And uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, like how crazy is it that I'm going to go hang out with my childhood idol and go like on the golf course with him and go to his house and hang out by his pool and, you know, interview him for a, a film that I'm doing. Like, it's insane. Like he called me the one time on my cell phone <clears throat> and it threw me off when I looked at my cell phone and my cell phone's like Alan Bester. And I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, how crazy is that? Like, and I told my mom, I'm like, seriously, how crazy is that? She remembers when she got me that Jersey, which is another story because literally she got me that Jersey and two days later, Bester got traded. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, but it didn't matter. I was still wearing it all the time anyways, but, uh, yeah, talk, talk about a crazy opportunity and, and who wouldn't take that. So I'm very humbled by it. And, uh, just like all the other stories in my film, I'm just humbled by the people and, uh, their generosity towards, you know, some unknown Canadian filmmaker. It's awesome. One thing, uh, when you go down to Orlando is, Go to, because um, I went there when I was there on holiday, there's like a mini golf course uh, on that main strip where all the tourists stay and uh, you can feed baby gators. It's pretty awesome. That sounds actually really cool. I, I definitely will have to check that out. I'm, I'm probably going to have to uh, converse with you a bit prior to my departure to get some uh, some information there for sure. Yeah, you like feed the gators with, um, like obviously you don't hand them. Um, food you put it on like a fishing line and I'm pretty sure it's like chopped up hot dogs or something <laughs> uh, well you know hey if they like it they like it I guess <laughs> and so like some people I guess they think oh making a, making a movie is easy just come up with an idea go out and shoot it and then put it out um, it's actually a lot fucking harder than that and you, obviously you would know um, like your project is how many years in production have you been working on this on this oh, project? About four years total, and that oh. uh, that includes um, development. Uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, that includes a uh, name change. Um, so it, it went it went from an initial idea to okay, I'm going to change it around a little bit to you know all these other different steps and various things. And actually, as I started talking to more people and finding out about some of these great stories my film started expanding in 
in size as far as, you know, what did I want this film to be? Like, how long did I want this film to be? So initially it was going to be a short film and has now turned into a full feature documentary. So it's uh, a lot of work, but um, you know, it'll be nice to, to get that out there and, and hopefully people enjoy watching it. Yeah, on your website, you've got this cool little statistics uh, breakdown of four years of development, 432 hours of raw footage, 2,696 hours of work and one goal. That's uh, it's a lot going on. Yeah, I've uh, <laughs> I've spent a lot of my time in front of my computer writing down ideas. I mean, you, you guys know what it's like. You know, when you're a creative person, sometimes those ideas just come at the most random times. And for me, you know, I always seem to have a device right near me because as soon as those ideas come up, I'm starting to write them down and make changes to it because – you know, when it comes down to it, you can always set out a plan in motion to make a film, but you have to be accepting of, of some of those changes. And, uh, you know, I, I look at the changes that have come on in four years of, of work on this project that at the end result, people will really enjoy, you know, what I'm going to put out. And I'm hoping that all that time pays off. So is this a full time thing for you or is, is this you're doing this all off the back of in your own spare time of your other, yeah, other full-time yes. job? Spare time. Spare time for sure, um, which basically means that most of the days off that I have had over the last few years have been spent shooting um, and reshooting some things and, you know, tweaking some things. Uh, so it's there's been all kinds of work on it. It's something that I wish I could do more, you know, put more time into it, but, you know, you have to live at the same time. So it's uh, a pretty good balance that uh you know i've gotten pretty far with it but it is a lot of work like you said you know it takes a lot uh, out of you but it's worth it you know if you want to create something amazing just put in the effort put it in time are you um have you done much in the way of like trying to you know find money and like fundraise and maybe get sponsors on board or anything like that well i've done things like um you know, some of the crowdsourcing and stuff like that. But, you know, one thing I quickly learned about that is that you have to treat crowdsourcing any of those campaigns like a full-time job. You know, for that to be successful, you have to put in, you know, 60 hours or more a week continuously to make that funding campaign take off and launch. And when you're working a full-time job, it's it's very difficult to try to do that. So I basically <clears throat> decided early on that, you know, I'm going to do this as a film out of passion. And uh, I basically have worked to invest in this film and my future. So it's it's one of those things that I don't have any other funding for it. I don't have anybody paying me to do it. I've been, you know, working and, you know, putting my my earnings into this project. So it's been... It's been a lot, but you know what? At the end of the day, if I get to go into a movie theater and have people go in and watch it, that will be worth every cent I put into it. So what's the, you mentioned on your website, there's one goal. What is the one goal? I have a personal goal and my personal goal actually is Toronto International Film Festival. I'd really like to just be able to experience having a film get approved to get into TIFF. And I just think that'd be really kind of a unique thing. You know, you're going to the big city and, you know, you're you're there with all these other, you know, filmmakers, whether they're amateurs or professionals. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's 
shown at the most obscure time in the middle of a week, I don't I don't care. It doesn't matter to me whenever it would be shown. But to be able to get accepted to that would be a pretty big goal. But <clears throat> the the true goal that you see on the website that says one goal, that's just to make a film that hockey people in general will like. I want I want just any regular average everyday hockey person that you know eats sleeps and breathes the game that we all love i just want them to say you know what i really enjoyed that and that's that's what it's about i just want them to enjoy a film that's for them so that's the true goal now one thing um again going through the timeline on your website there is um there's a lot of announcements of different um leagues different people that you've got involved can you just what are some of your favorite ones so far? And like, just can you just tell us a bit more about them? Sure. Now, obviously, on the timeline, there's a few things that um, are not mentioned because, of course, they're they're going to be left until the film releases. You know, even some of the people that are close to me and and friends with me on like Facebook and stuff like that, they they have no idea, um, and I want to keep it that way. But the things, the few things that I have you know, posted and shared, um, that really I'm excited about, you know, obviously we talked about Alan Bester and that's just a, you know, a personal cool thing. But, you know, when I, when I think about obviously the New Zealand connection, I think that's going to be really exciting for people here in North America to see. Uh, I have a lot of Canadians that are extremely interested to hear about the Kiwi culture, to hear about what it's like for you guys down there, uh, involved in the game. Um, and another, Another big one that I'm looking for are the the two uh, pond hockey tournaments that are very large here in Canada, um, one being in Halliburton for the Canadian Pond Hockey Championships, um, which goes on in January and early start of February, and that's a, a big one. So it's here in Halliburton, Ontario. And then there's another one, um, the World Pond Hockey Championships in Plaster Rock, New Brunswick, which uh, takes place in February. So those are two amazing outdoor hockey tournaments that really signify a lot of an outdoor game the only difference being is guys like me hockey goaltenders are not part of those kind of tournaments just because of the nature of that game so um you know they have these small little tiny they're not even nets they're just like posts on the ground you know that you've got to put the puck in and stuff but when you when you see it in the film you're going to see how many rinks side by side by side by side and how many people from all over the world that go to these ty- types of tournaments uh, and just how impressive it is. So those are those are big ones, too. So there's a few um, that I'm really excited about. And and of course, you know, what you guys have going on down there is one of them. Uh, now, Chris, can I just ha- have a it's just you and me talking here. It's, Logan's Logan's not in the room. But, um, can yeah. you? <laughs> Can you promise me that if Cam has sent you any footage from the BHL, it does not include me getting walked around and scored against playing defense? Can you just promise me that you won't put any of that footage in there? Just leave yeah. leave me out. Maybe if I score a goal, I'll put that in there, but leave any kind of humiliation of me getting walked around and by the uh, will, attackers. I will gladly accept that offer and I will I will add to your <laughs> I will add to your offer here and say that if he does send me footage that is embarrassing like that, then I will make sure that we purposely shoot customized footage of you <laughs> performing 
highlight reel material for me to use in the film. So yeah, that's not a problem. I got your, uh, I got your back. Uh, uh, you're, you're a great man. You're Joe, a great one, man. one thing I will say is that uh, as a fellow filmmaker, you do not tell the filmmaker how to make their film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just offering yeah. a slight suggestion for my, uh, for my integrity and um, my self-respect here in New Zealand. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's and it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things, right? I mean, hockey people want to look their best and uh, showing embarrassing stuff. Um, nothing on the ice would be ever shown that's embarrassing. Anything that that'll be shown embarrassing will probably be uh, on the sidelines, I'm sure. So, yeah, that, we that, got you covered. That will probably <laughs> include me as well in the car park after the game. <laughs> and I'm all for it. You know what? If it, if it honestly is like. You know, just stuff that everyday people do. You guys are having a good time. That's that's what it's about. So yeah, no, that's good. So you've got uh, in your film, you've got pond hockey covered. Now, of course, with uh, New Zealand, you've got the BHL, and um, we'll get to the West Auckland Admirals as well in a second. But are you aware of uh, a tournament that is played down south outdoors called the Arawan Cup? No, I'm not. I'm not familiar with that should definitely look that up because it's kind of it's got a cool tradition to it i think it's been going for quite a while um and yeah that's that's played on an outdoor rink uh i think it alternates between a few like host towns it's like small towns in the S- south island um is one of them alexandra i think i think it's alexandra tikapo and naseby i think yeah so definitely look that up and i th- i definitely suggest um Trying, trying to figure out a way to include that somehow because visually I think uh, Erewhon Cup like I, I mean personally I want to get down there and do a story on it as well because there's, there's so much cool stuff like the fact that people do play outdoor hockey in New Zealand that's cool like most people wouldn't yeah, that's, know about that that's amazing actually you know what yeah if if um, if you can send me some information I'll, I'll look into that for sure because those are the kind of stories I want to tell I want to tell unique cool stories like that and uh you know from from some of the photos and stuff that that cam has sent to me um you know it already looks like there's a lot of uniqueness to what you guys have going on down there but to be able to add to that would would be awesome so yes yeah for sure i'll look into that uh now there's one very interesting thing in the timeline on your website that i want to bring (laughs) up uh walter gretzky Yes, uh, pretty exciting. Um, I was able to interview Walter Gretzky uh, this past June, and um, just just awesome. So, in a in a nutshell, I won't give the entire thing away, but in a nutshell, uh, the Walter Gretzky tournament is a hockey tournament. It's a charity tournament. It's a ball hockey charity tournament, and it's run out of you know Gretzky's hometown of Brantford, Ontario. And the film is uh, – the proceeds of the film goes to the Ontario Lung Association, which uh, diehard hockey people will, will remember was uh, the reason that, uh, unfortunately, you know, Wayne's mom passed away from, from you know, uh, a lung condition. So, <clears throat> you know, it, it obviously is something that holds true to the Gretzky family. Walter is an amazing ambassador to not only – the 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 game of hockey but this this tournament as well he goes there he hands out 
every single award and gets his photo taken with every single participant throughout this tournament. And uh, I patiently waited for hours while he went through that process to then sit down with him. And I didn't want to keep him long because I knew that, you know, it's an exhausting day. It's hot out. And the first thing Walter said to me is like, it doesn't matter how long it takes because you know what, you're doing something awesome and I want to be a part of it. And uh, to have the father of the greatest player that's ever lived, you know, sit down and interview for my film was extremely humbling, like just extremely humbling. So it's, it's going to be a nice uh, little segment. I'm actually, it's, it was done. It's done so well that I'm going back and we're going to revisit it again this coming June to even add more footage and more content to the final, uh, final film. So yeah, pretty exciting story. That's for sure. That's one of the highlights. Absolutely. No, I'm, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but in the our record and when this podcast goes out, you might hear it right now. It is absolutely pissing down with heavy rain outside. Just your typical I, I day. Can, I can hear a little bit about that. I've got my, my Bose headphones on. So my entire room, I can't hear anything, but I can hear a little bit of that in the background. So that's, that's pretty crazy. It sounds like it's coming down pretty good. It's just a, a typical Auckland spring day. Yeah. Just pissing down with rain. <laughs> still about 13 degrees though so <laughs> nice and humid but yeah. just rainy nice well you're two degrees hotter than we are right now we're at 11 so and this is this is nice like i had told you guys before we had just come out of a massive heat wave like it was insanely hot it was july weather so middle of summer weather for us at the start of um autumn equinox so as soon as we start fall we are having midsummer temperatures so it was a little unreal but yeah yeah, yeah that's weird weather. That heat wave. We we were told we were getting that heat wave. Yeah. Never came. The, New Zealand media New Ze- one thing about New Zealand media is they love the weather. It's all about the weather in New Zealand. Like the weather comes on before the news at night. <laughs> so they have the weather, okay. then they go to the news, and then they have the weather halfway through, and then they have more news, and then they have the weather at the end of the news as well. And so we were told oh. we were getting this heat wave, heat waves coming. Never happened. Never happened. Huh. There you go. We got robbed. Yeah bullshit Um, well most (laughs) most of the canadians here were like just loving it and of course i'm not loving it because i i live in canada and i'm used to cold weather and i like the cold weather but yeah most of my friends they were just like basking in this you know this gift from the mother nature and i was just like oh i cannot wait till it's snowing (laughs) yeah i'm with you on that chris i definitely prefer uh the cold weather like when i was living in toronto apparently it was like one of the it was the winter of um 2013 and apparently apparently it was uh quite a severe one and i was loving it just i love the big jackets and the boots and everything it's awesome yeah we you you caught us at a a very cold and harsh winter which was nice because we hadn't had one in a while and uh also if you look at my timeline you'll notice that on february 4th uh, of 16 and 17 last winter it says principal photography delayed weather setback and literally for two winters these past two winters that we've had we've had no ice very little snow and uh, above freezing temperatures so for a guy that's making a film that needs to shoot a lot of outdoor scenic hockey you know to tell this cinematic story about life in canada it, it was really frustrating two years in a row and i'm only crossing my fingers that this year it, it changes so yeah yeah the weather needs to be cold and 
back to normal and not whatever the heck just happened. <laughs> Speaking of, um, you know, being where you're from, being in St. Catherine. So you're kind of right there. You're really close to Niagara Falls. So you're also close to uh, Buffalo, New York, and of course, uh, <laughs> Toronto. So what's it, you know, are you, you're obviously a Leafs fan, not a Sabres fan there. Well, I grew up as a Leaf fan and an Oiler fan, so I, I'm not a Sabres James, fan. James, you're in a I'll, you're in a good position. Them, the two of the best players uh, in the league, playing for each of those teams. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that, um, of course, you know, I I grew up in Leaf Nation, so obviously I went to a lot of Maple Leaf games back when they had uh, Maple Leaf Gardens, which was like an amazing arena to go to. Just the atmosphere, the environment, the intensity. I went to some classic leaf playoff games that i'll never forget you know my my ears were basically bleeding it was so loud and i remember actually they used to make a big point of showing the decibel readings of when the leafs would score or after the game when the leafs would win in the playoffs of how loud maple leaf gardens would get and being somebody who is in there with it it was deafening and those are experiences that i that i cherish now on the flip side of that yes i'm right by buffalo i'm about 15 minutes away from buffalo and I've gone to see a bunch of games there. Um, while a lot of the crowd obviously is from Ontario, the people in Buffalo are <clears throat> extremely impressive fans when it comes to their sports. You know, they're very passionate people. They love their football, but they also love their Sabres. Um, you know, they're just they're just great people, and the food culture in Buffalo is amazing. So, you know, you're, you're kind of stuck in between both avenues. It's easier to get a ticket to go to Buffalo. It's cheaper to get a ticket to go to Buffalo. Um, but, you know, when you do get to the chance to go to the big city and, and go to a Maple Leaf game, it's, it's unlike anything else. So, yeah, pretty cool. So what's it like, um, you know, growing, growing up or even just living now in a small town like, uh, you know, St. Catharines? Um, obviously there you've got the, uh, Niagara ice dogs. Does, does the whole community kind of just gravitate towards that team? <clears throat> yeah. Like it's, you know, this city used to be extremely well known for its hockey background. So back in the day, you know, we were, you know, the home to some of the greats from, you know, feeder teams for like Toronto and Chicago and you know it, it had such a cultured background and that culture died a little bit it is starting to come back uh, the ice dogs being in here uh, is a good thing for the city it's good for Niagara but it's really good for St. Catharines you know people do get behind it the team um, had a very good end to their season last year so you know obviously that generates a lot more people uh, you know as far as interest level goes it puts more people in the seats and it adds a lot more excitement to the city so you know I, I hope that they continue on with that path and journey because, you know, hockey is, you know, a culture for almost every community in Canada and, uh, and we're no different. So yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting times to be seeing that change to come back to being a hockey community like it used to be. So when you go to, um, like, is there a big difference? Uh, I'm not talking skill level here cause that's quite obviously a big difference, but is there, a, is it much of a difference between, uh, going to an OHL game, so the Ice Dogs, or going to Buffalo or Toronto for an NHL or like AHL game. Is there much difference there in like the atmosphere? The Yeah, the atmosphere and environment, um, I won't take away from the OHL or the AHL. Uh, they put on great shows. They've got, you know, excellent talent. 
And uh, to be honest with you, it's it's great for people to go see these upcomers, you know, playing the game. But when you go to an NHL game, the atmosphere is much different. It, it definitely has an excitement level that's usually unmatched. I think the only thing that I would say from personal experience that kind of beats out that NHL feel is anything world related, whether it's World Cup, whether it's the World Juniors, oh, you know, um, you go into the Olympics. Those those kind of things are, you know, they just hit an intensity level that's unmatched. So did you get to see mini games when uh, Joshua Hosang was playing for the Ice Dogs? No, I didn't actually. Um, it's just something I never got to. I was usually too busy working or doing my own projects. So, yeah, uh, I missed out on on some great players that have come through here. Um, but I know a lot of my uh, friends have for sure. That's cool. Uh, I picked him up in my fantasy league. And I was Joshua Hosang. Oh, nice. I was very nice. pissed off that he did. Uh, he's going to have a good <laughs> good year for the Islanders, playing hopefully on the wing beside uh, John Tavares. Oh, oh yeah, he'll he'll definitely have a good year. Absolutely, I agree. Now, one you've brought this up a couple of times that obviously you've changed the name of the documentary to now be the hockey film. Yeah. Do you want to say what it originally was, or was it so bad that you just kind of try and bury it? No, no, I can I can tell you what it was. It uh, it was a, a fir- <laughs> the first name. It was called uh, Game of Passion, a hockey documentary. And uh, I just felt that A, it was too long, and B, it was too long. So I thought, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm yep. just going to go to a simplified thing. And after doing a little bit of research, I literally was just like, I'm just going to call it the hockey film. Just keep it simple. It speaks to what it is. It also adds some pressure because, you know, when you – when you name something like that, you know, people assume right away this better be good. So I did kind of inadvertently put some pressure on myself because, oh, yeah, you know that film, the hockey film? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Would not be good. So, you know, it does add some pressure, but that's okay. I don't mind the pressure. But, yeah, just just a simple change. So Game of Passion, a hockey documentary just didn't work. Yeah, the hockey film, it does sound very definitive. It's very official. Yes. Very official. Yeah, it's a lot better, right? <laughs> I mean, I can I can see it now. Like, I think it would, you know, your dream comes true and you make it through to TIFF. I reckon it would stand out quite strongly on a TIFF, uh, you know, festival program. So, well, to be honest with you guys, I I'm really going to put a lot of focus in making sure that the stories are really exciting to tell, like they're interesting. And uh, as far as the rest of the footage goes, I really just want to have a good cinematic look to it, so that. You know, it keeps people involved. They're interested. They love the visuals and they love the stories. So hopefully I put it all together in something that is befitting of the name. With with all the stories that you're talking about, how do you see them intertwining within the movie? How how will the timeline of the movie play out? <clears throat> the, the timeline's going to be, it's not going to go from one segment to the next. I find that terribly boring when films do that so it's it's going to kind of jump around a little bit um any hockey player that has seen you know hbo's 24 7 road to the winter classic anything like that it'll have a little bit of that kind of flavor to it where it'll it'll follow a little bit of behind the scenes it'll tell a little bit of story it'll shift gears to to move off to something else and then come back to that later so it's going to be something that's always going to kind of keep up with a pace and change and keep people excited and interested in it the last thing I want to do is just have a boring film that, you know, just goes from one segment to the next to the next. I want I want something that people are going to be excited to see it all come together at the end. 
so things yeah you mentioned like hbo's 24 7 uh series do yeah series like that and you know epics then taking it on is that the kind of stuff that inspires you and influences you when you're making this yeah I, I would say so like i enjoy i love watching behind the scenes stuff i like watching the real part of the game of hockey you know um to a lot of us that have played hockey you know we we know what it's like to be on the bench we know what it's like to you know i spend uh, a lot of time on the bench <laughs> <laughs> i do my best Don't work worry. on the bench actually uh, I've I've done some good of uh, a good old goaltender who is opening and closing the gate for other players coming in out, so I can appreciate that. Uh, no, I, I enjoy that whole feature of you know being able to watch what goes on behind the scenes, the struggles that that players go on and off the ice, and I think I take a little bit of that flavor and I add the passion side that everybody has doing the things that you know that we're doing. I mean, I even look at what you guys are doing right now with the Puck Yeah podcast. You guys are doing a podcast that's awesome. You know, it's down there in New Zealand. You're trying to get the the word spread about it. And to be honest with you, that's a passionate thing that, you know, those are kind of stories I want to tell. Um, just going through your website again, uh, we've, we've clicked through to the bit where you are talking about, um, you know, working with the BHL and the Admirals. And <laughs> you said you're unaware of the Erewhon Cup, but I'm pretty sure the photo that you're using on the website is actually from that tournament the outdoor tournament oh, yeah and, that, and actually that's one of cam's photos that he sent me yeah that, that's so, that's a ticket bar. which which i have seen some of the footage he has sent me from that location it's literally a dream of mine to come down to new zealand with my gear and play out there because that looks amazing like it just it's so unique and that, and you know when a canadian is telling you that your hockey rink out there looks unique like that. We we lack something like that around here. Like I think that's amazing. It just the backdrop, everything. I'm looking at the same photo right now, and I can tell you both that it is. It just looks awesome. So yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'll talk to Cam. I'm sure he's got a lot more footage and stuff for me. But yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. You guys are definitely lucky to have a, a beautiful country like you do. Yeah, that part of the country. Um, it's, it's by far my favorite part of New Zealand for sure. Like I love going down to Queenstown and, uh, I know it's, yeah, it's not part of like your documentary so far, but I think you'll find w- when you go down there, um, you'll meet some pretty cool people. And I mean, it's, as well in up in Auckland, uh, obviously people like Cam Green, very awesome, very passionate. Um, we, so we know sort of bit about with what is going to be in the documentary as far as the BHL goes, but you also mentioned, uh, the West Auckland Admirals from the New Zealand ice hockey league. What are you, uh, seeing there in your documentary? Yeah. So, you know, Cam and the, the BHL crew, you know, of course they, they do some work with the, uh, the Admirals and, um, have you, you seen know, much I, of that? I've seen a little bit of that from the footage that he has sent, a little bit of behind the scenes of, you know, them kind of trying to make a little bit of a, um, just to add a bit of that community involvement as far as crowd interaction and stuff like that and excitement during the game. So I have seen a little bit of that footage from what Cam has sent me and Cam and I have obviously talked about it quite a few times. And, uh, you know, to be able to add a little bit of what the West Auckland Admirals are doing, you know, as far as, you know, playing down there, you know, team atmosphere, environment, what they're doing to try to, you know, build their game. 
those are all things that I hope to share with people in my film. And uh, Cam's been uh, a great ambassador and spokesperson for my film uh, to talk on behalf because he's been able to get things done that uh, otherwise probably wouldn't be wouldn't be done. So right now, um, in the production of this documentary, where would you say you're at? Well, that's that's a tough one. I just had a, a recent setback. Um, I actually we'll go back to the Niagara Ice Dogs, and uh, I was going to have them involved with the film, um, but uh, that unfortunately didn't come to fruition. We just both couldn't uh, find an agreement that would you know kind of suit both you know their their assets as a business um and to protect them and my you know film as a business and to protect that so right now you know i'm, I'm close to halfway done as far as principal photography goes you know so i've got uh, some work cut out for me um i have a readjusted schedule that i'm working with right now and actually as we speak i am on the hunt for new stories to tell within my film to fill in the gap that has now been left from the uh, what was supposed to be a rather large segment that the Ice Dogs were going to be featured in. So now I'm kind of uh, you know reaching out and, and seeing who's who's going to be filling that gap. So that's where we come in, right, Joe? Exactly. That's, that's it. <laughs> exactly right. Well, and that's that's the thing, and you know, after Logan and I, you had uh, you and I had a, a conversation a few days ago, and I definitely think that you guys should be involved in the film. I definitely would love to showcase what you guys are doing down there with Puck Yeah, and the passions that you guys have, and what you guys do. And I would love to be able to share that story with, you know, anybody that's going to watch this film in the future. Uh, so, if you like, you think you're right now, you're about halfway halfway point of uh, principal photography. And if you are sitting at, at 430 hours of raw footage, do yeah. you think you'd hit that thousand mark by the time you're done? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I'm okay with it. You know, it's it's a lot of work. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, you know what it's like. You, you could shoot hours and hours of footage and you end up using maybe a couple of minutes of it. And I mean, the same goes for audio. I've recorded audio at, at various arenas and stuff, and I'll probably use a grand total of five minutes of it, you know, within the film. So it's, uh, it is a lot of work, um, but you have to kind of overkill it as far as production goes so that you have a lot to work with when you get to post-production. And uh, when I sit down and, and really start getting into that post-production and start putting the pieces together, um, which is something I really enjoy doing, I just want to have a ton of footage and a ton of options available to pick the absolute best for this film. And one thing I was curious about, um, are, you, are you doing this all by yourself or do you have like a little crew of people helping you out? I do have a few friends uh, that have come to help me out. Um, anytime I'm like, hey, I really need you know a second camera person or whatever the case may be, I have had people, um, a few few close friends uh, that have helped me out. Uh, behind that, though, besides that, I should say, um, yeah, this is pretty much all me. It's it's a lot of work. It's you know talking to people, getting the plan set, getting out there, shooting, editing, all that stuff, and. You know, it's a film of passion, and again, I, I come down to if one person says to me that they really, really enjoyed the film, uh, it'll be worth all the effort that I put in. But I do have a number of people that uh, I will give the greatest shout-outs with, and, um, you know, they'll be in my credits for sure because they're uh, helping me make this possible, and it's extremely appreciated. 
So how hard has it been to juggle it with your with your day job, putting this together? Uh, tough. Last year was uh, was a little rough because uh, you know I had planned to go to Halliburton last year and um, shoot that pond hockey tournament, and then in February I had planned to go to Plaster Rock, and just with everything that had gone on, I had um, you know just some a lot of work going on at the same time. And then I had some car trouble that decided to pop up at the last minute and just a, a lot of little hiccups along the way. So I ended up postponing some of that until this year. And, uh, you know, those things you can't let them get to you. You just got to kind of roll with it and, you know, that's just how it goes. So, you know, moving forward, I know I've got a lot of work still ahead of me, but I'm really looking forward to getting this film finally done and, uh, moving on to my next project. Oh, your next project. You're already thinking about that, are you? Yeah. Yeah, oh. absolutely. I've got a few I got a few of them. They're they're sitting in the wings waiting. I'm always coming up with ideas, but it's it's a matter of executing them. <laughs> yeah, the one thing that um, you know, being a filmmaker as well, one thing that I find frustrating and although I absolutely love my day job because I get to make sports TV for a living. Like that's like a dream really. Um, yeah, I'm jealous. The only, the only thing that would maybe make it better is if I was doing it in Canada for like sports net, that's the dream for me. <laughs> but well, I have to tell you like you, what you're doing is, is a dream for me as well. I would absolutely kill to do something like that. So yeah, no, I can appreciate that. Well, the one, yeah, thanks man. Uh, the one thing that I find str- struggling is I also have, you know, I've got all these ideas for, um, yeah, maybe like a little documentary series or something, but um, it's been ideas and things in my head for like a couple of years now. So you you just want to get out there and, you know, make stuff. And of course, you know, your day job comes first. Um, so things get put on the back burner and stuff. But I, I think it's really cool just, you know, how much um, obviously passion and dedication that you're putting uh, behind this project and the fact that you've sunk thousands of your own money into it man like that you know that's a lot of respect right there well i appreciate that it is a lot of money like i'm not gonna lie and it it, the the process also is hard because all of a sudden if it's a new piece of technology that i get and i'm like oh man now i can go and shoot this or do this like you know for instance last year i i went into a much more professional drone uh to do aerial work with and it just changed the game because it, it brought me to a a spot where i'm like okay all i need is the right venue or the right you know scenes and now i can go and and add more to it so it is a little tough because as soon as you change gear or or add to your collection, you also then open up the door to new possibilities. So it it's kind of a catch-22. You know, I want to get this film done, but then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, now I have this, and I can go shoot this and even make it look better. So it's a fine line, but it's coming along good. So I, I appreciate the thoughts. Uh, I just want to get the damn thing done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when do you see yourself coming down to New Zealand? Surely you can't be too far away. Well, next summer. what might... What my plan originally was, um, because the process for TIFF presents a bit of a a problem, you know, you have to submit your film to TIFF by, I believe, mid-February, and then 
you just sit and wait until about August before TIFF lets you know if you've gotten in or not. And I always thought about that and I'm like, okay, the likelihood for me to get in, you know, how realistic is that, that dream of mine? And do I want to sit on my film for that many months while there's other people that would love to watch it and get it into other festivals, all that stuff. So the original plan was to submit it into TIFF, come down to New Zealand, do a premiere there, which of course, Mr. Cam Green is excited about and wants to organize things and all that stuff and we know you guys know as well as i do he's the guy that'll get it done if he wants it um so you know i know it'll happen i just don't know exactly when i'm rescheduling things right now i do want to come down to new zealand and premiere it and uh, i just think it would be amazing to you know be in your hockey community you know, like as much as everyone's like, oh, Canada's hockey, Canada's hockey, and, and we're proud of that fact. But to come down to another country and be part of your hockey community, I think that would be amazing for me to be a part of. And I'm really looking forward to coming down and meeting everybody and, and hopefully premiering the film and, and people get to see themselves in it, which is kind of cool and, and not embarrassed by what they see. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it matters how much editing work you put into it. No. Joe will embarrass himself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Every time it looks like he's going to fall, just cut away to a yeah. different scene. <laughs> Toe drag and my ankles are getting broken, trying to skate backwards on defense. <laughs> well, that might, you know what, there's some there's some bonus material I want to put out with the film, so maybe <laughs> maybe we can add to that. Blooper but, reel uh, featuring yeah, Joe. Yeah, yeah the, the credits, uh, credits rolling are just bloopers of me trying to skate. <laughs> it's like a whole new movie right there. I like that. <laughs> Oh, we can't be we can't be too mean on Joe. He is a he is a nice guy. Just, hey, you know what? I I told Cam, you know, this is uh, something I just want you guys to do. I just want you guys to have fun, and and I just want to see what it's like for you guys down there. So hopefully, he doesn't uh, focus too much on anybody's ankle skating or crashing into boards and stuff. But <laughs> no, I mean, we'll I don't him. I don't really see that happening. We just Joe Joe's the kind of guy that everyone likes to pick on in in the BHL. Everyone likes to give him shit. That's hardly. Oh, that's actually quite right. <laughs> From what I've heard, that's fairly accurate. That's awesome. <laughs> but you know, you got to have that guy on your team. You, you have to. Everybody has to, right? I mean, I, I know I've been. Everyone that. needs a grocery <laughs> stick, as you could say. I've had my fair share of bad games. I'm telling you. And when you're your goaltender and have a bad game, sometimes you'll never live it down. I still have some friends that bring up stuff that happened 20 years ago, <laughs> and it's and it's it's brutal. But it's funny how they remember stuff. Oh yeah, I remember scoring this goal on you know went off your head and up in the air 10 feet and then fell off your back and went in the goal. And I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hey, glad you remember. <laughs> at least uh, that was back in the day when every game wasn't filmed, so there's no visual evidence of it. Well, you know, here's the here's the funny thing about that. I have and this this is going to be in the film as well, which is kind of cool and unique. I back in the early 2000s had um, a wireless security camera and I attached that to my goal mask and I had that streaming to a small black and white wireless receiver that was running into a VCR of all things that was plugged in via uh, an extension cord to this outdoor ball hockey rink. And I started recording game footage from my point of view. And I remember playing in a game and I have, I have the old VCR tape 
uh, of me playing in a game and a ton of people were just standing around watching this and they could not believe that they're seeing this really crappy footage, but it was being live streamed from my helmet cam to this, to this TV, you know, 20 feet away. And, uh, you know, it was just something unique. Nobody had ever done that before. And then all of a sudden GoPro came out with their, their devices. And naturally I got one when it first came out and threw it on my helmet and had that break the first time that I took it out. But, you know, all those kind of things show, you know, what we'll do as hockey people to create some type of environment with our films. Right. And for me, I knew I just had to capture that kind of angle. So I had this really monstrosity looking attachment to my helmet. I had a battery pack that I fashioned out of stuff that I bought from like a hardware store and a battery pack that was strapped on the back of my helmet plate. And it looked ridiculous and it was heavy, but it, it served its purpose. And I have footage that's going to be including the film from crazy, stupid ideas that we think of to, to do fun things. So, so you basically had a CCTV camera on your helmet. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> you, it almost, almost sounds yeah. like you, you invented the GoPro before you even realized. Yeah, and it was, com- it was complete with audio as well. So what, yeah. what was really funny is we took that same setup to an ice hockey game that I had and the guy had been set up behind the glass behind my goal. And I was just talking to him as I am right now talking to you guys. And he's just nodding his head and I'm like, you can hear me clear. And he's like, yep. Yeah. And I'm like, this is awesome. And I really kind of wish I would have somehow been smart enough to make that into a business because this film wouldn't have cost me anything to make. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, I, uh, you know, I'm a hockey goalie. So that's why I wasn't that intelligent enough to do it, but it was, uh, it was unique. And the good thing is I have footage from it, which I can show people. And, uh, I still have the camera. I still have the, the housing plate. So I still have all these things that are going to be shown in the film, which, uh, wow. I think people are going to be like, wow, that's, that's crazy. But yeah, back then, uh, I'll never forget how many guys kept, kept coming up to me going like, seriously, is that a camera on your head? And I'm like, yep. And they're like, oh my God, that's awesome. And it was completely weird and unique, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of that moment. I think that was really cool. I just wish I would have capitalized on it a little bit better. <laughs> Man, did that, did that kill your neck by the end of the game? Yeah, it was horrible. And, and it, it was costly too. Because the setup I had was it was run by double um, A batteries, and of course, you know, trying to fashion a like you said a CCTV camera running off of double A batteries. I, I there was times that because it was really warm out, I would have to like change the batteries at the end of the period. So while everyone else is getting water and you know, kind of just taking a break, talking about the plays. I'm like rushing to the side of the boards and I'm like, grab another pack of batteries <laughs> so I can throw it into my helmet. And it was, uh, it was really cool actually. And, and the, the funny thing is if I wanted to go and take that setup right now and go back and do a retro shoot with that, I still have it all and, and could still do it to this day. Um, I just need to find a VCR, but, uh, I don't, yeah, think, I don't think they exist anywhere anymore. VCRs. No, it's, it's, it's impossible to find those things, you know, it's crazy, but, uh, no, it's really cool, right? I mean, who else who else can say that they were probably one of the first people to like throw a, a helmet cam on? And I I have that. You know, it's something that my my hockey story in my own film is going to have some uniqueness to it as well. So, it's kind of neat. My what? girlfriend uh, my girlfriend just had 
she found an old tape of her, um, I think at primary school when she was about 10 doing a speech and it was on the VCR, but we couldn't watch it because obviously we didn't have a VCR. So she sent it to some guy in the middle of the North Island to get converted onto like a flash digital. drive. Yeah, digital. Okay. And it yeah. costs like $50. $50 wow. to get a VCR converted into digital. That's a business yeah. right yeah. there. That is just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> That is, uh, that's quite expensive. Well, they do actually, we've got stores here called Canadian Tire. It's pretty, pretty popular, pretty well known. And they actually sell a VCR and DVD combo, but it's like $300. And I'm like, first off, DVD players are obsolete. And the VCR, <laughs> the VCR is obsolete. And it's like, I, I don't want to spend $300 on that. So I, I've found a few that, you know, you can find at like some of those, um, you know, charity benefit shops and stuff like that. But uh, finding a good one that works to convert some stuff that I do have. I mean, I have footage from me when I first started playing, um, when I first started playing street hockey, when I, you know, all that stuff that I even have to convert and stuff. So it's a bit of a challenge because technology seems to really do away with, you know, with old obsolete stuff rather quickly. So, you know, the clock is running a bit, but, uh, once I do find one, it's going to be crazy to go back and travel back in time and see some of the old stuff from, you know, my, my youth of growing up. Those, uh, DVD v, uh, VCR combos. I bet Don Cherry has one for every TV in his house. <laughs> you know what? Probably right. And I mean, most Canadians probably have a lot of his Rock'em Sock'em videos too. I, I know I, I still do a few of the VHS ones. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, but you're not we, wrong there because I uh, when I was leaving Toronto, obviously I donated um, all our winter gear, like the big heavy jackets. Uh, we donated it back um, to like thrift shops and I saw boxes and boxes of Rock'em Sock'em uh, oh, yeah. tapes. <clears throat> crazy. I'm not surprised. I mean, that was back in the day. Uh, for me, it was it was huge. Like as soon as you knew hockey season's getting started, Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em's going to be coming out, and the moment it came out, you went and grabbed it. You got to watch that, and then the NHL season would start, and it would be a routine over and over again. You know, and I mean, for for me, it even dives down further. Like I had like goalie magazines being sent to my my house. So I could sit there and read through the summer and, and read about NHL goalies. And we have uh, – there's a goalie store out in Fort Erie called Don Simmons. And it's very, very well known, does worldwide sales. It's a place I've gone to for many years to get my goal gear. And uh, I used to get their their flyer, their catalog every year. And it was like crazy how growing up in the era that I did, you know, getting that catalog was huge. You know, it was – it was like the best thing that ever happened. And I still have a collection of those. I, I saved them because I was just like so attached to them as a kid. But uh, yeah, it's crazy, right? Hockey's uh, a sport that not only brings people together, and I, and I really believe it does break down some barriers, um, some cultural barriers, uh, some borders. But it also, you know, just it puts us in a, a unique place, you know? So, I mean, where else do you hear of some kid – attaching a cctv camera to his head <laughs> you know so you know it makes us do some weird things but it's uh it's all about that passion of the game i'm pretty sure well i've definitely never heard of anyone else do that before no i well, think one in a million you, 
you guys you guys did a cool thing by donating stuff to charity when you were leaving Canada, which is awesome. That's that's way better than just being a stupid kid attaching, you know, electronic devices to your <laughs> helmet. But uh, no, you know, it's it's part of it, right? It's just being unique and being different. And I think that's what I've always kind of strived to do is just be a little different in my approach. So now, being a um, being a Leafs fan um, would be. It'd be foolish of us not to mention them with you. Um, you must be pretty happy about the upcoming season. The, the Austin like, Matthews um, savior that has come to your town. Yeah, like I'm, I'm happy for for the Leafs. I'm, I'm happy with which way they're going. And I mean, obviously, the Oilers are my my first team for sure. Uh, and I get ridiculed every day about that, but. Um, you know, uh, the other team that I grew up was Toronto. So it's, it's something that seeing them do as well as they did last year and, you know, seeing where they're going as a team makes me really happy because I want to see them succeed. You know, I still have my leaf jerseys. I still have my leaf hats and I wear them. Um, and I like going to Toronto to watch leaf games and I want them to succeed. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know what would happen to the world if the Maple Leafs actually won the Stanley cup. (laughs) I would and be <laughs> I would be spending whatever it costs to get there for the parade. That's what I would be it doing. It would it would be just the most insane large crazy parade that probably would be unmatched by anything at least on this side of the world. I mean, hockey can't compare to like, you know, football in England or, you know, other parts of the world or rugby and and some of these other sports that, you know, have a have a big draw from passionate fans uh but for for us here in canada and the few crazy um states in the united states that love the game just as much as we do i mean to be honest with you toronto winning would be just massive so it would be really exciting to see and i think they're going the right direction they definitely have made the right moves and i think i can say the same thing for my oilers you know 10 10 almost 11 years of just real bad times and uh finally we have something going in the right direction and we'll be back in the playoffs again this year i'm sure yeah i was in i was in toronto when um in the playoffs last year and somehow we we ended up getting tickets to to game three um against the capitals and so we went to that game and they they won an overtime and just leaving leaving the acc or scotiabank place or whatever it is now it's still the acc the acc um Leaving there, the just the the energy of the crowd and all the people on the streets and everything, and that was just game three of a first round playoff series. I've been to like rugby world cup parades here in New Zealand, and just knowing what it was like after winning one game of a playoff series, I think the world would actually implode into itself if they won the Stanley Cup. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. And it's such a unique thing. I mean, one like I said earlier on, I went to games when I was a kid. My uncle would take me down with my cousins and stuff, and, and we went to some pretty intense games. And it would be a trip. We would drive into, like, Oakville, Ontario, and take the train into Toronto um, or sometimes drive in. But then when you're leaving and it's just packed with people screaming and cheering and chanting and wearing leaf jerseys and everyone going nuts it's like when when you think about that you're right like that that could be game one of the first round and everyone's going insane could you imagine if they won game seven of the stanley cup final 
how what would happen like i'm pretty sure canada would just like sink something <laughs> so, like i don't know what would happen like it would go insane because i mean toronto as, as far as the nhl goes there's no club that makes you know more money than the toronto maple Leafs. there's no club that has the fan base that they do you know you've got other great clubs like montreal and new york and chicago and detroit like you have all these other clubs that are you know really you know, well-known, they're classy organizations. But I think, you know, um, Toronto just has whatever it has that will be unmatched if they win the Stanley Cup. I don't think anybody could ever have a celebration much like what would happen if the Leafs win. If uh, if that happens before, say that happens in the time that you're still making this film, would you include that into your film or would you try and make that as a separate thing? That's a really good question because part of me would want to see how I could include that in the film and, and just maybe talk to Leaf fans that have been waiting for, you know, 60, 70 years. Um, but truth be told, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I would it almost want to include it in this film plus do something completely separate that surrounds, you know, what that's like. Um, now, I can tell you. I can't go into too much detail, but my friend Bob, who has helped me on my film, uh, he is also creating a film um, that is hockey-related, and his is more geared towards uh, the Toronto Leaf fan. So he'd probably be the guy that would probably reach out to me and be like, "You need to come and help me shoot all this stuff because everyone's going crazy now, and we got to go. We got to go shoot this." So. To be honest with you, between myself and, and a few other uh, indie filmmakers, I, I'm sure we'd be coming up with quite a few things, and as I'm sure everybody in Toronto would that's in the industry. So uh, you know, it would happen. It would happen pretty fast, but yeah, for sure, there would definitely be a spot for it in my film. I'm sure because uh, anybody growing up, like I've seen the Oilers win cup after cup after cup, and it's it's exciting. So. I would love to see Toronto win a Stanley Cup. I think it would be amazing to see in my time. So, I want to see. I want to see what the Steve Dangle video looks like after the Leafs win the cup. <laughs> oh, I think everybody would want to see that. I think everybody would want to see a lot of those kind of things because, yeah, I, 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 every, everybody would be talking. I reckon it'd just be him. He'd come on the screen, start screaming, and then that would be it. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> ten-second video. <laughs> That you know what you're probably right. I actually, when you think about it, that's probably exactly what it would be. Because what else could you do? You know. Uh, one thing I was curious about with this, uh, with your documentary, um, mm-hmm. obviously there is a lot of personal stories uh, that you're trying to bring into it. Uh, you know, Alan Best obviously being one of them, and you know you're kind of putting your putting yourself into your own film. Um, are you how how do you see that playing out? Um, you know in the telling of it, are you going to try and narrate it personally? Kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, like super size me, how that guy kind of made the film about him, but also not about him. Is that kind of how you're planning on doing it? Yeah. You know what? Actually, I'm kind of glad you, you brought up Morgan Spurlock because, uh, super size me is exactly kind of what that is. It's going to have a little bit about me. Um, but it's basically going to be like, hey, I love hockey this much. This is kind of a little bit of my background and the crazy things that have gone on in my life in hockey. And let's talk to other people. And this is, you know, what this is. So, yeah, the the plan right now, I've had a few people ask me about narration. Um, 
there's a, a guy out of Toronto that uh, is a professional when it comes to narration. He's, you know, offered some of his services and I've had a few friends that are really good, you know, on, on the microphone. So I don't know exactly what I'm going to do yet. I do have it currently written as I'll be narrating it and telling the story. So that probably will stay true to that. It may change a little bit, but to be honest with you, it will be very similar to supersize me in, in the, the sense of I'm going to kind of tell my story, but the focus isn't on me. And that's how I want it to be. I just want to be one small. I mean, my segment is small in the film and that's the way I want it to be because I have people that have, way better hockey stories. I mean, I go into um, this guy, Ed, who, again, somebody that responded to an ad. And uh, last year, uh, I just put out a trailer actually last year for it, or this this past uh, April. And Ed's story is unique because, you know, he's in his late 60s and he's playing in a league that has like 30 over. So he's keeping up with these guys that are 10 years younger than I am. And I just aged myself. But that's all right. Um, <laughs> no, but like he's he's playing with these guys that are that young. His team last year made it into the finals, and when it came down to the final championship game, Ed's parents that are in their nineties came out to watch their son play. Wow, like really cool. how how crazy of a story is that? You know, to to be you know close to seventy years old. And your parents are coming to watch you win a championship. Like it's insane. So for me, it's like those kind of stories. Uh, just unreal. And I can't wait to share that stuff. There's so much with those kind of stories uh, that I can't wait to share. And hopefully with this opening up from the, um, the unfortunate loss of the ice dogs in the segment, um, hopefully I find some more really unique and amazing stories like that. And I mean, the puck. Yeah. Podcast. I want to, I want to tell your guys story. I want to tell your guys passion and all that stuff. So all these unique stories coming from people all over the world, I think this is going to be great. And I think it'll be something that people want to sit and watch. To be honest with you, I'll say that, uh, not having the, the ice dogs involved now, um, as, as great as they might be, it might actually be a blessing in disguise for you because, uh, any OHL franchise can get all the coverage they want anytime they want really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas here with your documentary, what it, to me, what it sounds like is this really cool, unique, um, collection of stories within the hockey world, Canada, New Zealand, wherever, uh, that wouldn't normally be told and would potentially be overlooked by, you know, the big guys like Sportsnet and TSN, you know, and having this, um, your people like Ed, like, uh, you know, we, we can see some of the photos of Ed on your website that, you know, it's awesome to see like yeah. that alone, uh, would be a really inspiring, you know, documentary or feature on wherever, and the fact that you could have this whole collection of them within a 90 minute, 120 minute, you know, full feature documentary, I think it's really cool. So to fit, you know, and that goes with this whole thing of, you know, we've, you've decided to call it the hockey film. It sounds very definitive, but to me, it seems pretty apt because you do have all these people, like all these unique different people. Um, and so I think... By the, I mean, from what we're hearing uh, and what we see on your website, uh, I th hopefully it's going to be really special, man. And I know, obviously, if you do make it out to TIFF, Cam is obviously going to go. Um, <laughs> He'll be with you on the red carpet, surely. Yeah, yeah. all suited oh, yeah. up. I would love to be there. Um, yeah. I've always Some, wanted to. Somehow, do it. somehow, I think 
Cam will find out before I do. I, I just gotta. <laughs> I just have a feeling that somehow Cam will know, and he'll be like, "Hey, buddy, uh, you know, I just want to let you know you're probably gonna get a message from Tiff." <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just he's he's all for it, and I think that's fantastic because if if I do somehow magically get it into there, um, to have that kind of support, you know, to have somebody that's actually that passionate about this project that I'm doing, to be honest with you, keeps me going because, you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And, you know, you any project you work on, you, you'll go through setbacks and I've gone through setbacks with this film, but I think you're absolutely right. I think the Niagara Ice Dogs, it would have been a cool segment to have, but I, I agree with you. I think this actually gives me more of an opportunity to, to stick to that grassroots part of my film and add more unique amazing stories from regular everyday people that hopefully the rest of us can relate to and uh, to be honest with you yeah i i agree 100 percent. i think it's a blessing in disguise yeah like a, a nice point of difference really um but so aside from tiff do you do you have any other kind of like release plans or goals in mind well you know there's obviously i want to do the uh I'd like to do the film festival circuit if I can. So it'll be a lot of submitting to film festivals. Uh, but to be honest with you, the one of the biggest things is getting down to New Zealand. To be honest with you, I'm really focused on how I'm going to do that. I want to make it happen. Um, you know, Cam and I have talked about, you know, where to release it and and you know what to do and how to make that happen. And to be honest with you, I really want to get on a plane and come down there and do a release party with the film. So that's actually a big one. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on a, a podcast from two hockey guys in New Zealand. It's actually really highly on my radar uh, to go because it's just the involvement's been very humbling. So that's a big part of it. Um, getting into film festivals, I want to do some, for all the people that are very close to me, friends and family that have supported me along the way. I'm going to do a, a private uh, viewing and and show the film to them and just get people kind of involved. So there's a lot of few things I'm going to do, like you know, here locally and stuff. But eventually, it'll kind of branch out as I get into the uh, film fest circuit. Nice. Um, and what about say online, like you know, obviously like Netflix and stuff like that. Do you see that as somewhere? people might be able to watch this you know years down the road yeah i'm hoping so like my i do have a plan in place that if the film is if it's if it's worthy enough and i and i really think it will be if it's unique enough i i would like to hopefully shop it around to places to see if i can get other people on board with it whether it's a distributor or you know i mean netflix is just announcing some stuff about canadian content here in canada and they want to promote more canadian content through netflix so you know the timing might be might be good for me to to get it out there and, and show some people and hopefully it comes on i mean there's all types of options you know cbc here in canada has a thing called hot docs um you know i know that tsn and rogers they they all like to show Canadian documentaries and, and things like that. So there's definitely going to be some communication as it gets out there. Uh, obviously, getting into TIFF could help accelerate that process, but it's just a matter of con connecting with people and seeing what I can do. So I'm definitely going to shop it around a bit when it is done. And uh, again, I, I'm not money-driven with this film. I just want to get it out to people and hopefully they like it. And if you know somehow down the road it, it at least gives me my investment back, I'll be happy with that. 
But to be honest with you, that's not my motivating factor. I just want to make a film that people like to watch and hopefully they'll watch it more than once. And uh, just <laughs> you can probably differ here right now. The heavy rain is really hitting yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I'm jealous, actually. I'm, I'm uh, also. Well, I'm You're crazy, also, man. You don't want to be jealous yeah, of this. This no. is grim. I, uh, I, it's the people that the people that know me, I'm also a storm chaser. So I'm somebody who uh, is planning to go to like Oklahoma to chase tornadoes and all this stuff. Like I, I love storms and rain and bad weather and blizzards and all that stuff so actually when it's really nice out and everybody's happy i'm probably the most unhappy person <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like you know where's chris he's he's just leave him alone <laughs> he's locked himself but, in, know, a, in a in a studio if it's if it's severely storming out i have people constantly messaging me oh you're, you're probably out trying to capture that <laughs> so it's you know i can appreciate it but listening to the rain i'm like oh i wish it was raining here <laughs> Uh, one thing I think would be cool to see with this documentary, you know, if you want to come down to New Zealand and that's awesome, um, is we we have our own international film festival, uh, the New Zealand Film Festival. Obviously, it's nowhere near as big as TIFF, um, but I think if you, uh, I, I don't know if I'd call this advice, but um, if you want to reach like a wider New Zealand audience, typically uh the new zealand film festival gets a lot of media attention um there'll be people from the new zealand media that are there all week and they'll pretty much go see anything and everything um so and it's you know and that's kind of i guess where we kind of have a common ground uh with your documentary and our podcast is that we are trying to tell unique stories um without you know with the opportunity and the voice that we have and it's i guess uh you know for us like we're trying to, you know, we're kind of learning as we go. We're trying to figure this out and like how we can grow and what we can do better. And I think same with like your documentary, um, having it at something like the New Zealand Film Festival that gets a lot of media exposure, it'd be a great way to get your film out there. Um, especially, so if you got it, if you got onto TIFF, um, I would, you'd probably be getting in straight away. If you say this is a Canadian telling a New Zealand story, I think a lot of, a lot of people would get behind that. See, I would love to do something like that, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, the, the TIFF thing, I, I'm not going to be unrealistic about it. I mean, it's not going to be easy to get into, um, but it's something I'm going to try for. But it's it's definitely one part of many avenues I want to take. So that idea of being able to, you know, try and get it into the New Zealand International Film Festival, I think that would be amazing. And I agree with you completely because I'd like other Kiwis to see this film because I'm sure there's a lot of people in New Zealand that don't think about hockey and, oh, yeah. you know, and, and I know that's part of the reason why you guys are doing what you're doing. Try to get that word out there. And, you know, Cam's trying to grow his league. I think we've said Cam's name about 46 times and uh, nah, it's actually 57. <laughs> oh, okay. 57. Right. Uh, so it's, I should put that stat on my website. Um, <laughs> mentions of Cam Green. But, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I think that's a great idea. And maybe that's something that you and I should talk about because you probably have uh, a lot more of those ideas that can help me, you know, get that film out there and, and do that. Cause I would love for the people of New Zealand, um, to hopefully start an interest in hockey because hockey is a great sport. It's super fun to play. It's fun to watch. Um, it's, it's can be a very rough game. Uh, a lot of people don't realize like, you know, I've played, I've played football in the past. I've played other sports. Hockey, hockey is uniquely rough in some ways. And, um, but it's also 
just amazingly skillful and talented by the people that play it. So, you know, I would hope that more New Zealanders, more Kiwis get involved in the game and somehow, uh, some way, shape or form, right? Watch it, play it, um, you know, go sign up and play in, in Cam's league, whatever the case may be, there's 58. And, um, you know, I, I just, I want to help out in any way I can, because I think what you guys are doing down there is amazing. And uh, being somebody who lives in a country where hockey is nonstop talk through even the hottest days of summer you know um what you guys doing down there is unique and special and i i think it's awesome and hopefully we can show a film that they'll enjoy well whenever whenever it does come out um chris i think we'll both be really excited to see it um i'd be you know we'll talk, we can talk more about it later but i mean myself as a um you know filmmaker i'd be quite keen to just help out and get involved as well um but i think we should probably uh wrap it up there and which is just as now the rain stops <laughs> typical <laughs> that's so typical of auckland right uh, that's hilarious but you know thanks so much for taking the time to come on um and you know we look forward to hearing more about the film as you progress yeah thanks a lot chris well- I really appreciate the time that you guys are giving me and, uh, you know, just super happy with this whole New Zealand connection. So thanks again. And, uh, I'll definitely be spreading the word up here in Canada for you guys. No worries, mate. Um, well, thanks so much and we'll be in touch again at a later date. Excellent. Thanks. All right. Bye. So yeah, that was Chris, Christopher, uh, Alwald. I'm so bad with names lately. I feel really bad. Aylwald. Aylwald. Um, what a nice guy. Yeah. And uh, we cannot wait for that to come out. Um, go check out thehockeyfilm.com, his website. And of course, uh, uh, check out our website, puckyear.nz. What's that website again? That's puckyear.nz. And uh, you can also follow us uh, so on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Parkier Podcast. Hit us up, you know, um, give, us a f- give us feedback as we just said to Chris. You know, we're always looking for ways to grow and improve. So uh, if you have things that you think we should be covering, let us know. Because obviously, um, as we said, we're all in on uh, New Zealand hockey. So we, we want to get, you know, your story out there. So yeah, if, you, if you've got a story to tell, get in touch and we'll, we'll get it out there. Yeah. Puck Year, it's New Zealand's hockey podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favorite podcatcher. Follow the guys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Puck Year Podcast. Prince,